0: content is starting to hit somewhere around that binge-worthy level so let's ramp it up a bit. Today's episode is going to be about the N word. Welcome to my show A Red Eye Geek starring me A Red Eye Geek where I talk about you know religion, mythology, legends, urban legends and how they connect to our modern world and the weird things I find in between. So, like I just said, today is, uh... I don't know, this this is gonna be about, you know, one of the most controversial words in the American lexicon, right? You know, the N-word, right? So, there is, um you know a lot of emotions animosity around the word things like that so I guess this is somewhat of my disclaimer because I'm about to like dive into this and I wanted to answer a few questions that I've heard like over time that maybe would help some people out and stuff like that as well so I hope people you know eventually listen to this one day or at least look into some of the stuff I'm going to talk about. But first, before I start getting into the definition of words and what they actually mean, I'm first going to go to the first term, which is African-American, right? So... Just off a simple read, it says, African Americans, also referred to as Black Americans and Afro-Americans, which I will get into in a second, are an ethnic group consisting of Americans with partial or total ancestry from any of the Black racial groups of Africa. The term African Americans generally denotes descendants of enslaved Africans who are from the United States. Alright, so it then goes on to say that African Americans constitute the second largest racial group in the U.S. after white Americans, as well as the third largest ethnic group after Hispanic and Latino Americans. Most African Americans are descendants of enslaved people within the boundaries of the present United States. On average, African Americans or West Central African with some European descent also have some Native American and other ancestry says according to the U.S. Census Bureau data, African immigrants generally do not self-identify as African American. The overwhelmingly majority of African immigrants identify instead with their own respective ethnicities. And then it has like a by 95% margin. So basically it's saying that the the general term of African-American does not refer to Africans that came to America, right? So, immigrants from some Caribbean and Latin American nations and their descendants may or may not also self-identify with the term, right? So, that's um, kind of a general breakdown of the whole African-American, um, name and how they basically label the group of people, right? You know, I'm one of them, but what I wanted to get into about that to, you know, get to what I'm seeing is um, this. When you get down into the terminology section, right? And I'm just looking at this on Wikipedia because I'm about to go uh, to the dictionary here in a little bit, but... It says, the term African-American popularized by Jesse Jackson in the 1980s carries important social implications. Earlier terms used to describe Americans of African ancestry referred to more skin color than to ancestry. Other terms such as color, person of color, or negro which is, you know, Spanish word for black, were introduced in the wording of various laws and legal decisions, which some thought were being used as tools of white supremacy and oppression. It says a 16-page pamphlet entitled, A Sermon on the Capture of Lord Cornwallis is notable for the attribution of its authorship to an African-American, published in 1782. The book's use of this phrase predates any other yet identified by more than 50 years. In the 1980s, the term African American was advanced on the model of, for example, German American or Irish American to give descendants of American slaves and other American blacks who lived through the slavery era a heritage and cultural base. The term was popularized by black communities around the country via word of mouth and ultimately received mainstream use after Jesse Jackson publicly used the term in front of a national audience in 1988. Subsequently, major media outlets adopted its use. Right, so... The term African-American was not all the way a thing up until 1988 1989 when medias actually adopted that term and referred to black people as a whole as African American so sometimes when you talk to uh, black people um, you know some people ask this conversation of you know why do we use the N-word? And one of the explanations and answers is it's because that's what we were referred to for a majority of our known history. And the term African-American has only been a term for one generation. Like, I'm um, 41. About to be 42. So the term African-American was not the term for my entire lifetime like um you know I when I was growing up I used the term you know uh black ace or you know afro-American like they use the terms they mentioned black American and Af- afro-American with African American as if they are synonymous like but afro-american actually is a direct reference to the afro-asiatic language group which are semitic speaking people so i was you know pretty much raised you know with the belief with a hebrew belief that i was a descendant of israel and all of that stuff so um i identified as black asiatic you know what i'm saying like more so Afro-American would have been a more correct term for me, in my opinion. And I was about eight or nine years old when African-American became the term that everybody was using and stuff like that. So sometimes when you ask that question and, you know, uh, you get to the African-American part of it, a lot of people don't you know what i'm saying consider or adhere to that name right and it says that surveys show that the majority of black americans have no preference for african-american versus black american although they have a slight preference for the latter in personal settings and the former in more formal settings it says many african-americans have expressed preference for the term African American, because it was formed under the same way as the terms for many other ethnic groups currently living in the United States. Some argued that further that because of the historical circumstances surrounding the capture, enslavement, and systematic attempts to de-Africanize blacks in the United States under chattel slavery, most African Americans are unable to trace their ancestry to any specific African nation. Hence, the entire continent serves as a geographic marker. Yeah, so uh, we have no original corresponding nation to relate to, so we can't say anything other than we are African American, specifically as far as like terminology goes, and that's the argument for it. And you know, I guess survey shows that most of us don't consider ourselves to be African-American-like. So it's kind of like, why are we using that term? But that's uh, another conversation. Now, let's go to um, the dictionary real quick. Let's go look at the N-word, Right this is the one with the hard r right so i'm not trying to necessarily say it all through this video but you know this is the n-i-g-g-e-r right so it says used as an insulting and contemptuous term for a black person then it goes down used as an insulting and contemptuous term for a member of any dark-skinned race says a member of a class or group of people who are systematically subjected to discrimination and unfair treatment these are you know what i'm saying the uh, uh the definitions as it's going by um webster's dictionary right and then it says usage the n-word is a infamous and word in current english so much that when people were called upon to discuss it they more often than not refer to it euphemistically as the n-word. In census 1 and 2, the word ranks as almost certainly the most offensive and inflammatory racial slur in English, a term expressive of hatred and bigotry, since 3 is also now rarely used and is often considered offensive. The words self-referential usage by and among black people are not always intended or taken as offensive. Although many object to those uses as well but it is used by a person who is not black to refer to a black person can only be regarded as a deliberate expression of contemptuous racism and then it goes down to say you know there is a widespread belief that the original meaning of the n-word is defined in dictionaries was an ignorant person and it's related belief that current dictionary definition describes its use as hateful, racist, epithet, or a recent change. We do not know the source of those beliefs, but they are not accurate. The word was first included in a Merriam-Webster dictionary in 1864, at which time it was defined as a synonym of negro, with a note indicating that it was used in derision or deprecation. There has never been a definition like an ignorant person for this word in any subsequent dictionary published by this company. Nor do we know of such a definition in any earlier dictionary. Right? So this is Webster's Dictionary. They've been around for a very long time. And they say that the N-word has never meant ignorant. So... uh. The first myth I've uh, tackled here, because you know I like talking about mythology, right? Was the whole thing that we were all African American. That's that's only been one generation. The second one is that the N word refers to an ignorant person. That's a uh, myth too, right? So let's uh, you know, let let's keep going with this, right? So you know, we we into this N word, right? Yeah, I hope y'all with me right so it says that um that the n-word derives from the spanish word for black which is negro right so let's go into what the definition of that word means right so because basically this is telling us you know this is a uh, coming in for the spanish word right so let's go that to that or whatever and we're still looking in the dictionary right so this is uh, a person of black african ancestry right and this is n-e-g-r-o right a member of a group of people formerly considered to constitute a race of humans having African ancestry and classified according to physical traits such as dark skin pigmentation. And then it says dated, also offensive. And then it shows like N E G R O I D. And it says it's a variant, less common. It says it is Spanish or Portuguese from. Negro, black, from Latin Niger right so it says first known use it goes back to 1555 in the meaning defined find a sense to. so we are looking at the first usage of this word came from uh, Spain or Portugal in the 1500's right So, from a historical perspective, right, we know that, um, you know, when you're in school, you learn that Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, right? So, in 1492, Columbus sailed, found America, and, you know that's the beginning of the uh, transatlantic slave trade and stuff like that this all starts happening within 100 years right so you know but the interesting thing right is um, something very very interesting happens in 1491 right so about to jump out of the dictionary right quick and then I'm about to go you know somewhere else so we can talk about a little bit of what is going on in the 1500s in Spain and Portugal, right? There's this thing called the Treaty of Granada, right, that was in 1491. So I'm going to read a little bit about what was happening in Spain and Portugal at the time to bring about this N-word, right? So it says the Treaty of Granada, also known as the Cap. Capitulation of Granada, or simply capitulations, was signed and ratified on November twenty fifth, fourteen ninety one, between both Bombadil and Sultan of Granada Ferdinand and Isabella, the Queen of Castile, Leon, Aragon, and Sicily. It ended the Granada War, which had started in fourteen eighty two and culminated in the siege and battle of Granada, which began in spring of fourteen ninety one. So it says this treaty. It says, The treaty provided a short truce followed by the relinquishment in January 1492 of the sovereignty of the Muslim Emirate of Granada founded in the 13th century to Catholic Spain. The treaty guaranteed a set of rights to the Moors, Muslim inhabitants, including religious tolerance and flirt treatment in return for their surrender and capitulation. The capitulation is granted native Jews in the surrender. Uh, territories the choice of either converting to Christianity or migrating to North Africa within three years that was subsequently superseded by the Alihambra Decree of 1492 which forced all Jews in Spain to choose between conversion or expulsion right so let's go to the Alihambra Decree of 1492 real quick so the Alihambra Decree also known as the edict of expulsion in spanish right was an edict issued on 31st of march 1492 by the joint catholic monarchs of spain ordering the expulsion of practicing jews from the crowns of castile and aragon and its territories and processions by 31st of july that year primary purpose was to eliminate the influence of practicing Jews on Spain's large formerly Jewish Converso new Christian population to ensure the latter and their descendants did not revert to Judaism. Over half of Spain's Jews had converted as a result of the religious persecution and programs which occurred in 1391 due to continuing attacks around 50,000 more had converted by 1415. A further number of those remaining chose to convert to avoid expulsion as a result of the Alihamba degree and persecution in the years leading up to the expulsion of Spain's estimated 300,000 Jewish origin population. A total of over 200,000 had converted to Catholicism to remain in Spain and between 3,000 and 100,000 remained Jewish and suffered expulsion. So that's saying, you, know, most of them end up converted, but you got this 40,000 to 100,000 people who were um, expelled out of Spain, right? So it says an unknown number of the expelled eventually succumbed to the pressures of life and exile away from the formerly Jewish relatives and networks back in Spain, and so converted to Catholicism to be allowed to return in the years following the expulsion. Right, so it says some of them converted and came back. But right, so in in that though, it says that these people, these Jews were forced out of Spain. You know, forced to convert or forced to exile. But between 40,000 and 100,000 were forced out of Spain and were forced to relocate in North Africa. And this is like, you know right before you know this is this is right around the time that America is being governed and this is like the Spanish Inquisition right so that that was me reading the Alhambra decree right so let me just go look at the Spanish Inquisition right quick right so and I, i'm not even done with even holidays so getting into like what where did this come from you know what i'm saying like where did it come from because what i'm reading about essentially is the spanish inquisition so i'm going to read a little bit of that for you right quick so I can like lay down exactly what i'm saying and lay down some of these time frames that were this is actually going on right so it says that the spanish inquisition was established in 1478, by Catholic monarchs, King Ferdinand II of Aragon and Queen Isabella of Castile, began toward the end of the Reconquista and was intended to maintain Catholic Orthodoxy in their kingdoms and replace the medieval Inquisition, which was under papal control. It became the most substantive of the three different manifestations of the wider Catholic Inquisition, along with the Roman Inquisition and the Portuguese Inquisition. Says the Spanish Inquisition may be defined broadly as operating in Spain and all the Spanish colonies and territories, which include the Canary Islands, the Kingdom of Naples, and all Spanish possessions in North America and South America. According to modern estimates, around 150,000 people were prosecuted for various offenses during the three-century duration of the Spanish Inquisition, whom between 3,000 and 5,000 were executed approximately 2.7 percent of all cases the Inquisition however since the creation of the American courts never had jurisdiction over the I believe the Native Americans is what that's supposed to be saying you know how it is but uh, the king of Spain ordered that inquisitors should never proceed against the Native Americans but against old Christians and their descendants and other persons against whom these kingdoms of Spain in its custom to proceed so it says that the whole Inquisition that they even brought to America, they didn't allow them to attack the Native Americans, only these, um, only the people who didn't. You know, who were part of the Inquisition, who ended up in America, I guess that didn't convert, or their descendants, right? It says the Inquisition was originally intended primarily to identify heretics among those who converted from Judaism and Islam to Catholicism. The regulation of faith of these newly converted Catholics was intensified following the royal decrees issued in 1492. And in 1502, ordering Jews and Muslims to convert to Catholicism or leave Castile, resulting in hundreds of thousands of forced conversions, the persecution of conversos and moriscos, and the max expulsions of Jews and Muslims from Spain. The Inquisition was abolished in 1834 during the reign of Isabella II after a period of declining influence in the preceding century. Right, so. The Inquisition ended in 1834. And it started... Back in the 1400s. Starting with the 1500s. Basically, you know, late 1400s starting 1500s. Shortly after it starts, the N-word shows up, right? So here's the thing, right? Um, Black people have been around in Spain for hundreds of years about a thousand years they had you know muslims that came up they came up they called them moors right we know what a moor is right so now this is when i'm saying i'm going back to the dictionary because we're about to go see you know what this is we know that there's the term moor and there's the term black moor right so that's where we're going to next right sure y'all didn't think my whole uh, story into the n-word is uh, going this far but by definition we see where this word came from the word didn't exist before but all of a sudden it was a descriptive word for a group of people in Spain and so far we know that Moors are a group of people that were already there so why is there a distinction between a Moor and any other type of person if that's what they all were right yeah it says uh, a Moor is a person of Arab and Berber conquerors of Spain right which Berber is like the Berbery mountains and all of that like the North Africa right that is the definition of a more. It says. see if it says anymore. It says before the 12th century. And then 15th century. Meaning defined as a transitive sense. So in the 15th century. The meaning of the name changed. As from what it was before. Which means that it was like. You know like basically a more uh had one of the lower definitions one of a north african people that conquered spain in the 8th century and ruled until 1492 Yeah, you know, so that that is what a Moor is right so i'm gonna go back in here because we got the term you know we've seen when you look at old documents right and you see it in print you have the term uh a blackamoor, right? So let's do blackamoor real quick. So maybe that's the the distinction, right? That uh, that happened with the word, right? So yeah, it says blackamoor, or less commonly a blackamoor, a European style of decorative art in which dark-skinned, usually male human figures are depicted in a stylized, ornate form. Oh, I guess there huh, I didn't know that was a reference to art necessarily, but I think uh it says most commonly use of a blackamoor was in 1581. So, it became a little more uh distinctive in the 1500s also. So, you have the term moor and you have the term blackamoor. So, So, you have the term Moor, right? Which maybe that's the more Arab-looking Muslim who is a Moor who came up from Spain and all of that, right? And then you have the Black Moor, which also developed around the 1500s to distinguish a Muslim who is a Black person. And then you have the N-word. Right? So... You know, and you have the height of the Spanish Inquisition. And just to hit this home, uh, you know, what did it say the years was? It was from what, 1492 till 1830 something? Like, uh, what you do at this point is you go look at the transatlantic slave trade. Right? look at the transatlantic slave trade like you realize like one of the things like you heard them talking about like you know 1619 and stuff like that but the trade itself started quite a bit before that right so let me go pull that up real quick Okay, it says the transatlantic slave trade involved the transportation of slave traders to enslaved African people mainly to the Americas. The slave trade regularly used the triangle trade route in its middle passage and existed from the 16th to the 19th centuries, right? said a majority of those who were transferred to the transatlantic slave trade were people from Central and West Africa that had been sold or by other West Africans to European slave traders, while others had been captured directly by the slave traders on coastal raids. Europeans gathered and imprisoned the enslaved forts on the African coast and then brought them to the Americas, except for the Portuguese, European slave traders generally did not participate in the raids because of life expectancy for Europeans, in Sub-Saharan Africa was less than one year. Um, Spanish were probably more mixed so they had a better survival rate and the Portuguese did the most of it which is where the word comes from right so it says the Portuguese in the 16th century were the first to buy slaves from West African slavers and transport them across the Atlantic in 1526 they completed their first transatlantic slave voyage to Brazil so so let's let's put that together so 1492 is when the law comes in right in spain you have all of these people being expelled out of spain during this time right and in 1526 they successfully complete their first voyage to brazil you know what i'm saying and you know according to the dictionary this is about 20 25 years before that uh, that word seems to take off very very well right and other europeans soon followed after that so the transatlantic slave trade pretty much starts and runs concurrent with the uh spanish inquisition right because we know that you know slavery in america went on until the 1860s like the the actual accepting of slave ships ended a little bit before that in the earlier 1800s but people who were still being being born into slavery during that time right so that's the breakdown of it so once again this n-word has like a um, lot of stuff going into it right like I broke down how You know, African-American is a relatively new term. The N-word goes back to the 1500s in Spain and Portugal. During the height of the Spanish Inquisition. And starting the beginning of the transatlantic slave trade. And all of these things run concurrent. Like the the term Moor and Blackamoor seems to be distinguishing terms to separate them from other dark-skinned people what you don't hear about is what happened to all of the Jews who fled to North Africa or fled into Africa. What happened to those people? And were some of those people, you know, the people that, um, you know, kind of end up being used as that word. Right. And because of that, I'm going to, uh, do this one more time and i'm going to uh, just show everybody another definition because i always think that this is like the cool definition out of everything i'm saying and some of the story and information that i'm laying down with this right you look up i always like to think that this definition is one of those things that tends to bring this home right so i'm going to tell y'all the definition of the word ghetto and this is from webster's dictionary again right it says a ghetto is a quarter of a city in which jews were formally required to live and then the second definition a quarter of a city in which members of a minority group live especially because of social legal or economic pressure part of a city where jews live where the poor jews live right says the etymology of the Italian ghetto was formerly the subject of much speculation but today there is little doubt that the word comes from the Italian dialect from ghetto, meaning foundry. A foundry for cannons was once located on an island that forms part of Venice. It says where in 1516 the Venetians restricted Jewish residents said the word ghetto became the name for the area and was borrowed into standard italian as ghetto with the meaning of the section of the city where jews are forced to live from there it passed on into most other european languages since the late 19th century the meaning of ghetto has been extended to crowded urban districts where other ethnic or racial groups have been confined by poverty or prejudice so just marinate on that one for a second and uh hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Tune in for my next one where I break it down a little bit more and y'all have a good one.